0: The greatest rivalry in sports takes center stage at Fenway Park, and we get to know one of the Blue Jays' top prospects. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. The Boston Red Sox hovering around five hundred, as they take on their arch rivals at Fenway Park this weekend. And let's face it, the American League East is an absolute beast at this point in time. The Red Sox are going to be competitive for a wild-card spot and for the division. The time is now for the Red Sox to start playing well, or there may be trades coming to some of their veteran players. Red Sox have also started to get a little bit healthier as Adam Duval has come back to the team. We're going to hear from Trevor Story in just a little bit as he begins his process of coming back to the team after uh, wrist surgery in the off season. So let's start the conversation with Adam Duval, who's just returned to the lineup after fracturing his wrist earlier in the year. How things been? for you since coming back and what are the the biggest challenges particularly when it comes to you know timing and getting your timing back in the in the batter's box
1: uh yeah I mean you know obviously it's good to be back out there uh you know um and so yeah I mean I think I think the biggest thing is trying to slow the game down um because you know you go through spring training and there's different plays that become second nature there's different counts and different uh plans that become second nature so you don't really have to think about them um and so but you know coming back I've noticed that um I've had to try to play ahead of the game and think about those things and they're not quite second nature yet um so hopefully um you know as I get more at bats under my belt, more plays in the outfield, those types of things, that it'll become more reaction instead of having to think about it. That's what's interesting because a lot of guys
0: will talk about timing, mostly in terms of their their swing. I mean, they haven't faced big league pitching on a consistent basis, but what you're talking about is that the game is going in a little bit faster than it, it normally does, for it doesn't feel you know second nature, as opposed to it just being okay. I haven't seen a you know a big league slider the way these guys yeah. throw it, even just because I've been
1: out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the little things. It's even even the the pitch clock. Um, I've, there's been a couple times that I've had to call time real quick because I'm not, I don't have that pace down yet. Um, and so, you know, just things like that, playing the game that you know will become, you know, I'll get that internal clock down and you know different plays that I'll just instinctual. I'll be able to you know react instead of uh, you know having to try and plan ahead for certain things and. Um, you know, I think we're best in this game when we can just react. So, um, you know, but we're, we're getting there. One of the really cool behind-the-scenes things in this game is
0: when veteran hitters, you know, talk hitting and also impart a lot of that wisdom on younger players I'm curious what that's like with this group when you have obviously you know Rafi's a veteran at this point despite the fact he's 26 he's won a championship you have Justin turn involved even pitchers that bring a lot to the table so what is what are the conversations like and how do you feel you fit in with you know dialogue where everybody's trying to make themselves better as hitters
1: yeah, I mean, you know, we have a we have a hitters meeting every single day. Um, we go over the pitchers, um, and so, you know, we're formulating game plans um, and guys input. You know, kind of where they feel that they need to input. And um, yeah, I mean, you've got those guys that step up and say, "Hey, like, you know, this is our plan today. This is what we're kind of looking for. This is what we're trying to do against this guy." So um, that's huge as a team being able to. Uh, you know pick up on those things and and to communicate with each other uh because you know we're best when we communicate
0: adam duval right there also sat down with the red sox trevor story who's eyeing return to the lineup first as a dh in july and then he'll be a shortstop for the team in august by trevor story so back in february the news first broke about the injury it felt like it would be so long before he came back and now it's couple weeks Uh, what's that like for you uh now that the date is kind of getting closer hitting on the field looking good all that stuff is heading in a positive direction
2: yeah it's nice man obviously it's exciting this is uh uh, it's been a long process and we still have a little bit more to go and um we're respecting it still and uh yeah I want to play you know that's it's in me to play and play a lot so it's been killing me not to be out there but um yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back. In terms of things you've gone
0: through in your career, I mean, where does this rank in terms of kind of the, the difficulty of having to fight through, you know, a lot of guys will talk about, yeah, there's the rehab process, but there's also the emotional and mental side of it where you're so accustomed to doing something you've been doing your whole life.
2: Yeah, it's hard, man. This is uh, I would say this is, you know, the biggest challenge I think that I've faced so far. Um, this is the most time that I've missed playing baseball and um, it gives you a good perspective of you know how much you love the game and you know when it's taken away you can't play it and uh, you realize how much you love it and um yeah man I think it's uh you never want to get hurt and you never want to spend time away but you uh got to make the best of, of the situation and that's what we're gonna do do you have a, a
0: target date at this point or are you still kind of going through a process or are you looked at the calendar and said
2: this is when I'd like to be back by uh just generally you know um I'm I'm pretty close to be able to take at bats um so that's you know that's obviously attractive to to be able to maybe possibly dh but um you know that decision is going to be made pretty soon i think and um you know it's not it's not so simple and a lot of things go into it but uh yeah hopefully back playing uh shortstop sometime in the second half and that, that's my goal alex uh, mentioned you going to be traveling with the team on this upcoming
0: uh, road trip continuing to hit and take bp and do your stuff away from the field. so then potentially could be a
2: rehab assignment after that as you start to build your way back up possibly yeah possibly um there's a there's a couple different scenarios that could happen with this thing and um we're really just taking it day by day i know that's pretty cliche but um that's kind of how this game is going you know when you look at this group, um, what do you see? Uh, you've been around them a lot. It's
0: obviously a fun group to be around. There's a lot of veterans, and certainly it seems like their love of baseball and love of hitting, thinking the game, is something that certainly aligns with you know what I've learned about you over the last
2: year. Um, yeah, it's a it's a team that loves baseball, man. We, you know, guys are here super early, and we we're a pretty tight knit group. And I think uh, obviously we haven't been playing the type of baseball that. Um, we want to play lately. Um, I think we've shown flashes of it, and I think just being a little more consistent um, on both sides of the ball is what we're looking to do. And I know we can do it. We've shown that we can do it. So, uh, yeah, I what i see is a lot of veterans that um know how to play the game and i think we'll we'll write the shit
0: finally i want to ask you about is once xander you know signed with san diego was it clear at that point that shortstop is where you wanted to to head or was that kind of a, a process you know through the the winter months and
2: getting to a point where it was definite that's what you wanted um yeah i think you know i came here to 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 play with xander you know and um huge fan of of bogey you know he's uh he he deserved to play shortstop and i think that's that's how it should have been and um when he uh obviously when he left things changed and um but you know i was i came here to to win and that that's really it and i think um now that he's gone obviously i think um i know i can still play short and uh, obviously it's kind of the natural uh progression was
0: it automatic though because you'd you'd made all put all that time into playing second base you're out here getting balls early you know you had some 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 acclimation to that position and then once you got through it like it was like you're one of the best second baseman in in baseball so was there any like now that i've gone through this maybe second base is my spot or particularly after the elbow issue worked its way out and the throws would uh be e- be easier
2: for you after the surgery was that was it automatic um yeah i think you know, to me, to me, it was, you know, I, uh, I've always seen myself as a shortstop and, um, I was just taking that kind of that mindset to second base and, um, but yeah, I've always, that's, that's how I really see myself. And I know I can still do that at a high level. And, um, so in my mind, yeah, you know, once bogey was gone, I was, uh, that was going to be it. And, um, obviously now that the elbow is taken care of and we're working my way back then uh, I feel good about returning to form.
0: Also talked with last night starter Tanner Houck about where things have been for him this season and his upshot on the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. When I want ask you about Red Sox-Yankees, and Nestor Cortez got himself in some trouble with saying that, you know, hey, we got a bunch of rivals, and the Red Sox are one of them, and they might not be, you know, the same as the uh, the Blue Jays or the Rays. And you know, going back, you know, 20 years in my experience, like Red Sox-Yankees in 03 and 04 was just a different beast, like totally. Um, but I think that, you know, kind of what he was saying is that in that time period, the A-Lease was not all that good. So it was just those two teams, and they were going to you know fight it out for the top spot. So how do you kind of define you know the rivalry in that? Do fans will and history will say mm-hmm. this is what it is? But you know the Rays are at the top of the standings. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are just below them.
3: How do you go about looking at the at that from a player's perspective? You know, I think it goes uh, it goes back to just not. Not like letting your guard down, um, regardless of who you're playing, understanding that on any given night anyone can beat you and understanding that this is a very hard game we play uh, and just to go out there and give it your all and I think regardless of that, I think any fan, if you know they can say that about a player, I think that's the biggest compliment that you can give give players as uh, you know he left it out there all on the line he he gave everything he had. And, you know, going to the rivalry, I mean, for me growing up, everyone talked about, from my area, it was the Cubs and the Cardinals. I always remember, you know, the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, so you always had those big rivalries, and I think it's, it's just fun for the game. I think regardless of what sport you play, you love seeing the big rivalry games because uh, it, it gets the fans fired up. It gets everyone just a little bit more into it, every pitch. Uh, in our circumstance playing baseball is just a little bit more it, it feels like there's a little bit more on the line, and and you just want to you gi- you want to give it all for your city.
0: Finally, thing I want to ask you about you know the club was seven games over 500, and everybody's starting to get you know, excited about what this team could potentially do. You obviously go on a streak where they're not playing as well, back under 500, and now there's that fan perspective. Of, okay, what's going to happen? Is the team going to sell? Is the team to be competitive? From a player standpoint, you know how do you stay at a place where you don't think about those things, or is it impossible, you know, not to think about? this guy might not be
3: here if we don't start winning or that type of thing I mean for me I don't look at it I don't read any of it I don't I don't let it consume me I, I know it's one of those things some people do some people care about what's being said I I don't I I just wanna go out there I wanna play I wanna do my job I wanna show up every every day and and push myself to be the best version of myself and I don't think reading stuff in the media, reading stuff online uh, helps. I don't think it helps anything in the clubhouse. I think it 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 hurts, really. Um, no one knows what we go through on a daily basis of, you know, putting in work and showing up to the field early, getting, you know, early work done, whether that's fielding, throwing, early bullpens, hitting on the field, uh, you know, put in a lot to, to – be our best versions of ourselves and you know i'd like to think that we'll turn things around i I think we got an incredible group of young young guys and veterans that are leading the way uh and i and i'm excited to be with them uh and just continuing to show up and and putting that work every single day is is all i can you know really hope for
0: Tanner, how right there! Red Sox, Yankees this weekend at Fenway Park. Fisher Cats remain home as they take on the Akron Rubber Ducks. And I brought my 13-year travel ball team over to the game the other night, and uh, we sat and talked with Sam Robles, who's the seventh-ranked prospect in the Blue Jays organization. They kind of talked player to player with him about how he's gotten to where he is and some of the things they can do to advance their baseball careers. Joined by Sam Robles, who is the seventh highest prospect in the Blue Jays organization, pitch, uh, pitcher for the New Hampshire Fisher-Cats. Threw well on Tuesday night in a game against uh, Akron here at the Northeast Delta Dental Stadium. And I'm here with my New Hampshire Bobcats, 13-U team. We got a lot of questions about what it takes to uh, become a professional baseball player. And I just want to kind of start off with... Or an introduction to the guys and also the listeners because you have a bit of a different baseball path than these guys have had coming from the Netherlands so tell us a about when baseball kind of became a big thing in your life and how you got to this point.
4: I started off when I was like six years old um, just past the like on the side of a swimming pool uh, started there and uh, yeah I liked it and my dad showed me that he uh, played baseball too so I started getting more into it and uh, finding it more interesting to play baseball. And when I was 11 years old, I went to a baseball academy in the Netherlands, and that's where I uh, kind of progressed more and took it more seriously than I did before. So um, and when I was 16, I made my first like national team uh, for like the, the youth. And from that point on, I, when I was 16, I got my first offer from the Blue Jays. Uh, I turned it down because I was still in, in high school, and um, I thought I was pretty young. So I waited out a year, and uh, they offered me again in 19, and that's when I came over here. And uh, I liked the plan of the Blue Jays and how they were um, yeah, scheduling out my p- development, and uh, I agreed with it, so I went with the Blue Jays. I want to bring in the guys here in a second, but to, before we bring them in,
0: what advice would you give your 13 year old self like, about you know the game and how seriously you should take things the type of things that you should should do like what what would you tell your your 13 year year old self about what it takes to to get to this point
4: I wouldn't push myself too hard into it I mean there has been my dad liked baseball and he was out of baseball for twenty years until I started playing it again and he never pushed me he always just made sure that I had fun and I started to create fun in getting better and being more competitive Um, and yeah looking things up on how to get better was kind of a motivation for me and that's when I just started looking things up myself asking people asking coaches and um, yeah that's kind of how I became better I wouldn't really push myself but just find the things that motivate you and that you think are fun, and I feel like that's a good process.
0: Hey guys, have questions?
4: I just had one question. What did you do uh, during COVID, like, and how you were working
3: by yourself, and and stuff like that?
4: Uh, during COVID, I was stuck in a hotel in uh, Florida for about four months, and um, yeah, I just did workouts in my room that they had written up for me, and everything that I could do. They gave me bands and. Outside in the parking lot, they had a wall, and I had my, uh, my weighted balls, and that's how I would get my throwing in every day. And that for two, three months, and then we finally were able to go to the field and, um, and do some things there. And on the side of that, I would watch uh, great pitchers like Max Scherzer or DeGrom and how they would attack hitters and how they would um, go after a game and make a game plan. And that's how I would get better as well, since I didn't have to play games. So
0: two things off of that. You mentioned social media, and if you guys have any other questions, jump up alongside me here. Um, you mentioned, one, that you use social media to get yourself seen by other people, and a lot of players do that now. So if you could talk to the guys a little bit of how you go about doing that. And also I talk to the guys a lot about you know watching the best like all the time. Go on YouTube, watch J.D. Martinez hit if you want to be a good right-hand hitter and his approach and his habits. What were the, the guys that you watched, and when you watch – A player, what are you looking for in a Scherzer or or a Verlander to make
4: yourself better? I wouldn't necessarily focus too much on, like, make sure you're getting seen and make sure you're getting drafted and all that. And I understand that's, of course, a goal. Um, But I think it's more important to focus on what you're doing in order to get better on the baseball field and not necessarily on how to get seen too much. I think if you're putting your time out there, then the time on social media will pay off itself. Um, With guys, like how I look at things on social media with Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom is just their mechanics. Are there any flaws uh, compared to mine? How are they pitching? How are they using their fastballs? Uh, Where are they locating them? How are they executing? And that's when you can see the certain differences in what I'm doing and what the big guys are doing. And that's how I like to learn a lot. Jaden? How did it um how did it feel to like um get offered to play for an MLB team? It's really cool. It's uh the first time when I was sixteen I did not expect it at all. I had of course thought about it and it was more like a dream, than it became more than a dream than it was a goal. Um and all of a sudden they are on the doorstep and you gotta make a decision. Um which at that point it was kind of like too early and kind of shocking. Later on I was able to think about it more and to yeah, see what what they had to offer me, but it's a it's a really cool feeling too. Uh, bring up Kanan. Uh what do you do during games to stay focused? While I'm pitching, or just whenever in the dugout, in the like in the dugout. It's just focusing on like seeing what other pitchers are throwing, because um, yeah, in pro ball, it comes down more to the details and what pitchers are throwing, where are they throwing it, and just being able to focus on that and seeing certain things, being able to discuss it with teammates and. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're trying to win ballgames. And if I can say something to another teammate that makes him a little bit more locked in or he can has something to focus on, then we have a bigger chance of of getting into that ballgame. So I feel like everybody should be locked in and knowing what's going on.
0: One of the most important things for you know, players at this level or your level is how you go about dealing with adversity. And we'll take your start the other night as an example. Early on, you're getting barreled a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you made some adjustments with uh, off-speed pitch, like slider, and you were able to get outs over and over again. But you get hit 71 pitches, you get taken out of the game. So you had a whole bunch of different adversity that you had to deal with within that that game, and that's just you know surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you go about dealing with you know, adversity as a player, and what do you you know advise when it it comes to
4: that it's uh, I think it's always part of a process I mean you see in the major leagues not the best starters have the worst outings at some point too and I think in the minor leagues it's a uh, it's a development league so I think if you uh, yeah you get hit around a little bit take away what what's been going good like okay I'm getting hit around that means I'm not throwing it throwing walks I'm not having any walks so I just need to be able to execute my pitches in the moments I need to. And usually it's not the, the wrong pitch you're throwing, usually it's the location. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the things you, you take away from it. So last, last couple of weeks, um, I limited the walks more, gave up some homers, uh, tried to eliminate that. Well, I did that last game and that's kind of how you process and go about games. Everything uh, is step by step. You don't want to try to be a big leaguer tomorrow. I want to try to be a big leaguer for the next 20 years.
0: Carter?
3: What was your favorite part through your whole career?
4: Favorite moment? Um, my favorite moment so far of getting invited to a big league camp. That was that was really cool. Being able to sit with major leaguers, talk to them and kind of being on the same playing field is it's pretty unreal. What was
0: some of the top moments from within that? Whether the guys that you were you're talking with, um hanging with Laddie and Bo, who are obviously, you know, very welcoming guys, or biggest
4: takeaways from that generally? And the biggest takeaway for me was when I was able to uh, I got already kind of kicked out of uh, MLB camp before I went back to the minor leagues, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to start a game because the schedule for the big league rotation kind of messed up. So I was able to jump in, and that was kind of the, the coolest moments because that's when the entire big league team was standing behind me in the field and uh, how they were interacting and how they were serious during the games and just kind of that, that feeling and that vibe that was that was really cool to take away from that.
0: The other thing I want to ask you about is pressure. And I had a great conversation with J.D. Martinez about this once. And he said pressure is basically something that you do to yourself. And you have to kind of put yourself in a mental state where you're not putting pressure on yourself um, and to either convince yourself and trick yourself into the fact that this is not that big of a deal, like you're saying, or 60 feet, 6 inches, um, and not you know make the moment bigger than it is. So what have you you know dealt with when it comes to that, and particularly in a moment like that where you're out there on a big league diamond, you don't want to have a poor performance, and you don't want to put pressure on yourself
4: it's uh in the long run i got uh weapons that i've developed like with my fastball changeup, location wise everything and i think that my stuff is good enough in order to get big league guys out and that's the trust i want to go with and so i know i can get every guy out and if uh, i don't do that and then some people like so it might go six innings two hits no runs and I'm kind of mad about the two hits, and everybody says it's a good game. I put my I like to put my uh, standards a little bit higher than everybody else has about me, so that whatever I think is is not as good might people other people think that it's good so.
0: so you go in the different direction where it's like I'm going to do everything with conviction and I'm going to actually put you know more pressure on myself and be my harshest critic so that that is the way that I will be yeah. dominant as opposed to just be trying to. Do mental gymnastics
4: nobody on the outside could ever put pressure on me and i have no outside distractions it's all coming from in myself and i'm able to control it. jacob
3: how do you know like what pitch to throw and when to throw it
4: there's a lot of things that go <laughs> into the account <laughs> to that um, of course there are certain hitters that hit other uh, pitches better than others um, i like to go with my strengths overall uh, setting a guy up is one way to do it uh, you throw different pitches so he swings it uh, the one you wanted to strike him out on. Um, you look at the reaction of the hitters. Is he late? Is he early? Uh, is he fouling it off? Is he not hitting it at all? Like, what is he kind of looking for? And you're trying to do the opposite and mess up his timing in some way.
0: That is Fisher Cats starter Sam Robles with my New Hampshire Bobcat 13U Travel Ball team, talking about what it takes to make it as a professional baseball player. Sam is the number seven pro- prospect in the Blue Jays organization. That's the press pass. I'm Chris Ryan.